0: Now, a common misconception is that no real scientist believes the Bible and is a creationist. A huge number of creation scientists today, from Newton to Sarfati on Creation Magazine Live.
1: It's reasonable and logical to be a Christian, and we'll discuss yet another reason why on today's podcast. Welcome to Creation Magazine Live. I'm Richard Fangrad. And I'm Calvin Smith. Today on the program we're going to talk about uh, creation scientists, Bible-believing scientists. There's a widespread belief uh, that's incorrect, that real scientists don't believe the Bible. They believe evolution in millions of years. So it's interesting to learn that many of the the founding fathers of major branches of science were Bible-believing Christians, uh, and and many lesser-known scientists as well, many scientists in general. Uh, today we're going to talk about the life and work of some of these great Bible-believing Christians.
0: That's right. Now, either uh, each of these scientists either publicly acknowledged the Creator, the God of the Bible, uh, or opposed evolutionary thinking, or in many cases... Uh, they did, or actually do today, both yes, <laughs> of those right. things. And uh, these scientists found faith in God's word um, to be c- perfectly compatible with their their scientific investigations, their understanding of the world, uh, and in some cases, their faith actually sustained them through uh, physical hardships, uh, the emotional hardships, just some some really tough times. We'll talk about some of those. Yeah. No. For, for, for example, uh, Samuel Morse, you know, Morse, Morse code, uh, the American who invented the telegraph, uh, the Morse code. Um, he endured a lot of frustrating years. He was penniless; uh, would would go hungry. You know, he wasn't at the the peak of his uh, his career, so to speak. But but he, he never stopped trusting God. You read about him, and uh, he just believed that God was was guiding him through uh, all the way.
1: Right. Yeah. In other cases, the influence of uh, their faith on the development of science was more direct, providing a framework for thinking properly right. about God's creation, and that led them to uh, to make discoveries. For example, astronomers had charted the paths of planets across the sky and they couldn't make sense of the complicated paths they saw. And many scientists gave up searching for a complicated path. They thought, well it's just going to be chaos after all because the universe emerged from just chaos. It just evolved from random particles bumping into each other. Now in contrast to that, German astronomer Johann Kepler, famous name, reasoned that since the universe was, was not the result of chaos, it was designed by an intelligent designer, it should function according to some logical pattern. Right. And that led him to discover the planetary laws of motion. That's right. And it was the Bible. Uh-huh. Yep.
0: Now, some would say that, you know, okay, but since Darwin. You know, he made evolutionary thinking popular. That well, scientists today have given up on belief in God because right. you know, and Darwin changed everything. Since Darwin, yeah, yeah, but but there are many scientists who 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 have remained faithful to the Bible. Have continued to find the Bible uh, and, and scientific investigation completely compatible. Um, now, while the contradiction between evolutionary thinking and the Bible. Uh, certainly provides theological grounds for rejecting evolution, and of course that's one of the things we do all the time on CMI. Yes. Look, look how yes. this doesn't make sense with our theology. Right. But many of these famous scientists just argued against evolution because it just didn't make sense on scientific <laughs> grounds. Uh, you know, and these include uh, brilliant French chemist uh, Louis Pasteur. We're going to talk a little bit more about him later, uh, for example, right? Yeah,
1: that's right. Spontaneous generation, uh, the idea that. Um, that live, a living organism can arise spontaneously
0: yep.
1: uh, without previous life is, is an essential part of evolutionary theory. Right. That life came from lifelessness. At one point. Uh, it yeah. has different names today, not spontaneous generation anymore, but it's basically the same thing. Despite all efforts of evolutionary scientists, not one example of this has ever been seen, ever. That's right. uh, Pasteur's scientific finding, findings clearly demonstrate that, uh, that life coming from non life doesn't work. Uh, spontaneous generation, generation just doesn't work. Exactly. And uh, consequently, Pasteur strongly opposed uh, Darwin's theory right. as a result of that.
0: Now, although these men we're going to look at here today are brilliant scientists and, and uh, devout Christians, of course, if you look uh, and you do some detailed historical analysis, you're going to find that they they had flaws in their characters just like every other person on the planet. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, you know, for example, <laughs> Sir Isaac Newton, yeah. Uh, because of his confidence in his own finding he, he was, um, and his eagerness to continue uh, you know, onto his new discoveries, um, he, he was pretty impatient with a lot of people that you know, couldn't really keep up to speed with him, of course. Mm. Who, who, who could? <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and he also tended to view other people that were working in the same field as competitors uh, in a way. So everyone uh, has flaws, and, and you can see that in these great men as well. Yeah, now these
1: shortcomings just serve to emphasize the, the, that uh, they need God as much as we need God today. That we, we struggle with pride, and, and so did they, and, and many other things. We need God's help, and they did as
0: well. That's right. And because of a limited amount of time here, of course, uh, these scientists are going to discuss, they're merely a handful of, of the amount right. we could. Yeah. But to, to get a complete list, uh, you can actually visit creation.com uh, slash bios, or you can just watch the bottom of the screen, and you're going to see name after name. And just keep in mind, these are all Bible-believing Christians and great scientists. Well, let's kick this off a Francis Bacon. Uh, Bacon, Lord Chancellor of England, is uh, usually considered to be the man primarily responsible for the formulation and establishment of the so called scientific method. Right. Right? And uh, he stressed experimentation and induction from data rather than um, philosophical deduction in, in the tradition of Aristotle. And Bacon's writings are, are also credited with leading uh, to the founding of the Royal Society of London. Okay. Yeah. So Sir Francis was a, a devout believer in the Bible. He, he actually wrote, There are two books laid before. Us to study, to prevent our falling into error, first the volume of the scriptures which reveal the will of God, then the volume of the creatures which express His power.
1: And he also wrote, To conclude therefore, let no man think or maintain that a man can search too far, or be too well studied in the book of God's word, or in the book of God's works, divinity or philosophy. But rather, let men endeavour an endless progress or proficiency in both. Now. Bacon had some philosophical differences that we wouldn't believe today, we wouldn't accept today. If you want some more information on that, go to creation.com slash bacon. Now, he was a Bible believer. Yep he was a scientist as well.
0: That's right. Uh, next up, arguably the greatest scientist of all time, Sir Isaac Newton. Yep. Uh, to try and list his credentials and, and his scientific achievements would be pretty well impossible. You could take days. <laughs> uh, of course, libraries and books have been written about this this man and, uh, and his ch- achievements, his discoveries, etc. Um, and Newton's contributions uh, to science were, were many and varied. Uh, they covered revolutionary ideas um, and some really practical inventions, right? Um, right. His, his work in physics, mathematics, astronomy, uh, the, of course they're all of importance to work today. All scientists have kind of built off of what he, he discovered. and um, Actually, his contributions to any one of these fields of science would have made him a great famous scientist. Of course, you put them yeah. all together and, yeah. and stuff. But what is uh, interesting is what he believed about God and, and, and the mm-hmm. Bible.
1: Right? Yeah, well let's start with, uh, with a quote. Uh, as some skeptics have tried to say that Newton just paid lip service right. to, uh, to the Bible. As He's a man he said of his time. Yes. I have a fundamental belief in the Bible as the Word of God, written by men who were inspired. I study the Bible daily. He also said this, This most beautiful system of the sun, planets and comets could only proceed from the counsel and dominion of an intelligent being. This being governs all things not as the soul of the world, but as Lord over all and on account of his dominion he is wont to be called lord god or universal ruler the supreme being the supreme god is a being eternal infinite absolutely perfect.
0: (laughs) Now those are straight from his mouth, and now you've got, uh, what's interesting is of course you've got atheists and and skeptics often criticizing creationists as being unscientific. Yes. Yes. And and yet here's the greatest scientist of of all time, (laughs) this is what he said about atheists in opposition to God's word. He said, opposition to godliness is atheism. In uh, profession, and idolatry in practice. Atheism is so senseless and odious to mankind that it never had many professors.
1: <laughs> I love that quote.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> A lot of fun. But, uh, so, so obviously belief in Genesis does not detract from doing science. In fact, in a lot of cases it enhanced it. Right. Uh, Newton reasoned that since the same God created the heavens and the earth, that the same laws should apply
0: throughout. And uh, that's what operational science is based on. Exactly. Now, Newton, of course, uh, he he wasn't immune to struggle and, and hardship. You read about him. He yep. had uh, health challenges when he was younger. He had financial challenges when he was trying to get educated. Um, he had political, uh, you know, and stress challenges later on in life as he was teaching and so on. But uh, but he had a he had a pretty fascinating life. But. Again, his, his times of hardship didn't produce bitterness. He went to scripture. He went to scripture. His, to scripture. Solution, his yeah. own words show what he did when, uh, when these things were happening. He said, Trials are medicines which our gracious and wise physician gives because we need them, and the proportions, the frequency, and the weight of them to what the case requires. Let us trust his skill and thank him for the prescription.
1: Yeah. Pretty amazing. Fantastic. Greatest scientist who's ever lived, Isaac Newton and a strong Bible-believing scientist, and a young earth creationist. Um, each time we go to the fridge and take out a bottle of milk <laughs> or something like that, it should make us think of one particular scientist, French scientist, Louis Pasteur. Yes. Uh, Pasteur discovered that milk turned sour because of the action of tiny organisms, too small to see with the naked eye. He developed a process of gently heating foodstuffs, like milk, yep. to, uh, to kill these organisms without changing the flavor or nutritional values. Brilliant. Uh, this process is named pasteurization. You may have heard of that, you see it on your milk there and so yeah. on, in honour of its developer. It's uh, it's just one of Pasteur's great contributions to
0: science. That's right, and he got, a, got off to a pretty young start. At 15 years of age he, w- he went to Paris to complete his secondary schooling. Uh, he went on to complete a Bachelor of Science degree at the Royal College in uh, Bezazon in uh, 1842, and at the age of 20 um, received a Master of Science degree. Uh, in 1845 at age 23 and then achieved a doctoral degree and eventually became professor of chemistry at the University of Strasbourg. Pretty accomplished
1: gentleman. Yeah, Pasteur loved applied rather than theoretical science. Uh, Pasteur's findings... In the field of fermentation, helped establish a new branch of science, microbiology. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting. In 1857, Pasteur returned to the Ecole Normale as the director of scientific studies, where he continued his work on microbes. Mm-hmm. Now, the ancient Greeks believed that small animals such as worms, mice, maggots, and so on, sprang to life automatically from the non-living matter laying around, such mm-hmm. as uh, rotting flour, a sweaty shirt, decaying meat, <laughs> and that kind of thing. This belief in that that living matter arose from non-living matter is called spontaneous generation. You may have heard that uh, Pastor's experiments clearly showed that even for microbes, that life came only from living things. Right. Uh, he said this: microbes, uh, micro- microscopic beings, must come into the world from parents
0: similar to themselves. That's right. what he said, which mirrors what the scripture says that things reproduce after their own kind. It does. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Pastors work. This should have dealt a death blow, really, to the to the idea of spontaneous generation. Um, But the thing is, spontaneous generation or life coming from non-life, however you want to phrase it, because you'll hear sometimes skeptics try to skirt this issue by
1: biogenesis. Yes, and
0: all that stuff. Life coming from non-life. That's essential. To the theory of evolution, yeah. and essential to atheism because you got to explain how you got here without God. So life's got to happen it's by part itself. Part of the process. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, despite all of the efforts of evolutionary scientists, not one observable case of spontaneous generation has ever been seen, and of course, Pasteur's findings they, they conflicted with with this idea, and uh, and so he was a strong opponent of of Darwin's theory actually on on a scientific basis. So mm-hmm. so while he was solving many practical problems like the preservation of foods and the de- detection of unwanted microbes, etc. Um, His mind was actually laying the foundation uh, for the next uh, great theoretical advance and that was the the idea that many diseases in animals and people came uh, or were the result of these germs that that entered the body and multiplied there and things like that. So he actually uh, uh, developed things like vaccines for rabies and and so on and I, I don't think people really understand how much... Uh, of a, Of a benefit, you know pastor's work came, has been to our society. Work, yeah, yeah.
1: <sighs> while the French government honored Pasteur with its highest award, the Legion of Honor, uh, much of the medical profession still resisted his ideas. Uh, a large part of the opposition was a reaction to pastor's own opposition to spontaneous generation and Darwinism <laughs> so that's right. so they, they didn't like him because he opposed that yeah. Pasteur is generally recognized today as, as having made the greatest contribution of any one man to saving human lives that's, that's right. quite a label to have yeah,
0: yeah. And, and again he, he saw no conflict between science and Christianity in fact he believed and he actually quote the quote is science brings men nearer to God which makes sense if God created everything of course it does. It, of course it, it, it does. does and uh, in his work as, as a scientist he perceived uh, evidence of wisdom and desire design, not randomness, not chaos, and he stated that the more I study nature, the more I I stand amazed at the work of the Creator. Uh, Of course, he died on September 28th of 1895 after a a long and fruitful life, but his his contributions to science were just truly outstanding. His Christian faith, again, sustained him through many trials. He firmly believed in creation. He strongly opposed Darwin's theory of evolution and uh, and, and on on the basis that it just didn't match what science was showing.
1: Right, yeah. An important point to make uh, involved Pastor's discoveries uh, that atheistic evolutionists often criticize Christians <laughs> for believing in miracles. Right. It's, it's kind of an interesting side note here, but enough prodding reveals that skeptics believe in miracles. They have to believe in miracles because of something that we just finished saying. That's right. Uh, pastor proved that life does not, life comes from life. Right. And yet evolution theory would say at some point, at some point, Life came from lifelessness from some chemicals. Right. And the thing is, life coming from life is a scientific law that began with Pasteur. That's right. If you break a scientific law, that you're talking about supernatural, something that's above nature, that's called a miracle. That's right. So for evolutionists, they actually have to have a miraculous event in order to kickstart evolution.
0: They have to actually believe that in, <laughs> in things that are unscientific. Yes. To make their idea work. Right. Uh, let's
1: move on. George Washington Carver. Famous, Bible-believing scientist. He was considered the world's top authority in peanuts and sweet potatoes, uh, interestingly, and their products. Born a slave in the U.S., uh, he worked his way through college in the north and then returned to the south, uh, devoting his life to improving the quality of southern farmlands and the economic prosperity of his people. He uh, He was black.
0: That's right. Yeah. He's an amazingly fascinating and humble guy. I actually went mm. to the George Washington Carver Museum when I was in Missouri, yeah. and and it was really interesting. And, and I'd really encourage anybody that gets a chance because he was just such a such a neat guy. Um, he was a faculty member at the Tuskegee. Uh, Institute in Alabama, and his first laboratory was actually made from discarded items that he and his students found in the local landfill. He was, you know, he, he had chanced it to to, to kind of get fame and fortune, but we, he wanted to help uh, help folks that were in the South, right. and so he went there and they picked up old old things wow. and they put together a budget a, lab. A, a budget <laughs> lab is right, and uh, basically, the soil in the surrounding areas uh, had been devastated by by years of cotton farming. Hmm. You know, they they hadn't let the the ground fallow or anything like that. And so it depleted the soil of all its nutrients. And so he discovered, of course, that rotating crops, and particularly with peanuts and sweet potatoes, it helped revitalize the soil. And then of course he had to figure out what to do with all these peanuts he had. And <laughs> people started complaining because, you know. And so yeah, he, he actually came up with three hundred uses. For, for the common peanut, uh, household things that we use today that we don't even realize when you, you look through the list. But uh, he, he revolutionized the southern farms and the economy, of course, uh, of, uh, yeah, of the south.
1: Yeah, can think of peanut butter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but you'd have to look at the list. It's, it's, it's yeah, actually yeah, more know, than you think. It's peanut oil. Yeah, and
1: he was always very quick to point out that, uh, where his inspiration came from. Yep. He's, he said this, I indulge in very little lip service, but ask the great Creator silently, daily, and often many times a day, to permit me to speak to Him through the three great kingdoms of the world in which He created the animal, mineral, and vegetable kingdoms to understand their relations to each other and our relations to them and to the great God who made all of us.
0: Uh, Incredible. He was a very, very humble man. The quotes that are around the museum reveal, you know, uh, his humbleness and, and it's just his, his adoration for God. Yeah, and and yeah. you know, he'd wake up every morning and go for a walk and he'd pray and he'd ask ask God to help him. And uh, of course, all over the museum you see these quotes.
1: Yeah, he, and he was
0: invited by Thomas Edison to come join his team, exactly. and, he, and he turned it down. He, he did because Edison, of course, was going to take his, his discoveries and patent them and make money off them. Right. And Carver actually said, "Look, God gave me this information." And he, actually, there's a quote at the museum. That it says that he said, look, if I have information that you want, for the price of a postage stamp, you can have it. Because mm. God gave me this stuff. It's not mine. He just revealed it to me, so I'll, I'll write it down and I'll, I'll send it to you and you can yeah. have anything that, that's in my wow. noggin. So, he actually said, I love to think of nature as an unlimited broadcasting station through which God speaks to us every hour if we will only tune in. And reading about nature is fine, but if a person walks in the woods and listens carefully, he can learn more than what is in books for they speak with the voice of God. He was actually uh, came before a group of senators, uh, and, and uh, he was arguing for a, a certain... Um, well, I won't get into it, because it'll take, take too long. <laughs> but anyway, he, he came before these senators, and he started speaking. They gave him ten minutes, and then they gave him an extra half an hour, and then by the time I think he was done oh, speaking, my. it was like two hours. And at the end, they, they said, Well, where did you come up with all these ideas for, you, for the crops and stuff like that? And he said, Well, I found it in a book. The Bible. Hmm. And uh, this, this surprised many people. And he quoted Genesis as his inspiration. He said, The secret of my success, it's simple, it's found in the Bible. And he talked about how, how Genesis talked about uh, you know everything being given for food. And yeah, uh, and, yeah it was just a really yeah, incredible. Guy. Yeah. In
1: 1939, he was awarded the Roosevelt Medal uh, with the following citation this is what it said To a scientist humbly seeking, the guidance of God and a liberator to men of the white race as well as the black, yeah. First, he was black, interesting, how they and at had that to point time that yeah. out yeah.
0: yeah yeah, so Carver died in uh, 1943, and um, he was just an amazing scientist, but let 's move forward to present day i mean okay. we 've kind of been going through history showing some some different scientists and so on but uh, let's let 's explore a modern creation of science, and that'd be uh, Dr. Raymond Demadian. yes, and uh, Demadian, he 's probably a little too humble to to. You know, accept the title super scientist, but he, he actually is a super scientist. Um, and and the, the many people who, uh, who've been saved by the uh, MRI, magnetic resonance imaging scanning technology, would, uh, would probably really appreciate uh, that title for him because so many people have been helped.
1: Yes, yeah. so- today we're talking about famous creation scientists. Right. We've talked about some that lived a uh, uh, long time ago. Uh, we're talking about Dr. Raymond Damadian, and he was the inventor of the MRI. Uh, this is hailed as one of the greatest diagnostic breakthroughs ever. Right. Uh, this technique using advanced, uh, physics, uh, advanced principles in physics and computing lets doctors visualize many organs and their uh, diseased parts without the risks of exploratory surgery and other techniques, right. that, uh, uh, other, other scanning methods and so on. It's just, just incredible. Uh, his invention earned him several top awards including the United States National Medal of, Medal of Technology, the Lincoln Edison Medal, and induction into the National Inventors Hall of Fame alongside names like Thomas Edison, right. Alexander Graham Bell and the Wright brothers and so on. He's a Bible-believing Christian. Yep. Um, he's, uh, he's convinced of the truth of Genesis. Uh, I've met him on several several occasions at some of our larger creation conferences. Mm-hmm. He says emphatically that his greatest scientific discovery was to find that, quote, the highest purpose of a man can find for his life is to serve the will
0: of God. That's, That's right. Amazing. And he's not afraid to put his faith on the line. A a lot of creationists, uh, scientists, that that can be detrimental to your career because there's an incredible bias about uh, any scientist out there that believes in the Bible and things like that. And he he knows this full well. We don't have time to delve into that. But if you actually go to um, uh, the link at the bottom of the page here, you'll see how uh, Dr. Domanian was persecuted for his faith. And actually, many cre- uh, creation scientists have been. And There's actually a book right. uh, yep. that's been written about it. It's called Slaughter of the Dissonance. And uh, if you'd like to receive this book and look into that further, you can actually go to our website, punch in the code CMLSOTD, uh, and you get 30% off this book. Slaughter of the Dissonance. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yep. really um, it's intriguing and disturbing to see what's happened to some people because of their faith in, in God and His Word.
1: Yes, yeah. Let's yep. let's move forward again. We'll talk about one of our staff scientists, yeah. Dr. Jonathan Sarfati. Um, amazing scientist. Uh, he obter- obtained his um, Bachelor of Science uh, honors in chemistry with uh, two physics papers submitted uh, or, or two, two papers talked about nuclear and condensed matter physics. His yep. PhD in chemistry was awarded for a thesis entitled, The Spectroscopic Study of Calcogenesis. Cal- Cal- calc-
0: calcogenide.
1: <laughs> calcogenide ring and cage molecules. Now if you know what that means, then awesome, more power to you. He, he has co-authored papers in mainstream scientific journals on high-temperature superconductors and selenium-containing ring and cage-shaped molecules. Many skeptics say, again, no real scientist believes in creation, uh, but uh, Jonathan definitely fits the, the description of a real scientist. Yeah. And, uh, and a brilliant one at that. He's published uh, in a number of secular journals, including co-authoring a paper in the uh, probably the, premi- the world's premier journal, Nature, right. uh, when he was only 22.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, very few people that are interested in creation evolution would not have heard Jonathan. Right. Right. Yes. He's, he's, a he's, books he's yeah. very famous. Yeah. Books. He's a best-selling author. Um, they're they're kind of like standards for the creation evolution debate for Christians uh, looking to engage. Um, you know, with people that hold to evolutionary long-age views and things like that. And one of the reasons they've become so popular is just because of his clear writing style. You know, yes. when you read Jonathan's, yeah. it, it's not that he's, you know, he, he, can, he can bring it to this level, but he can also bring it to a level where the average yeah. person can just really understand. And, uh, It's kind of interesting, because if you you look at Jonathan's uh, testimony, um, it wasn't an emotional need, it wasn't any time of crisis or anything like that. He actually says that it was purely a logical decision that that he became a Christian. He he was uh, studying at Victoria University in New Zealand, and some Christians befriended him, and he said, okay, I'm going to investigate Christianity, and uh, he found it was entirely logical, entirely defensible, and this led to his conversion when he was 20, and uh, he hasn't looked back.
1: Yeah. interesting. Yeah, his first book for CMI, refuting evolution. That's probably the uh, 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 the, the best selling creationist book ever. Yeah. Uh, and and still today, one of his passions is chess. And a former New Zealand chess champion. Yeah. Uh, he often plays chess at some of our larger conferences, and he plays blindfolded. So he's blindfolded against sighted players, other players that don't have blindfolds yeah. on. They just
0: call out the, the, the they call out the
1: move. I don't play chess, I don't know how it works. And yeah. he just he beats them all. He's blindfolded; they're not. How do you? Amazing. Amazing yeah. mind.
0: But um, A lot of Jonathan's resources on our website. You can go to creation.com. You can see many articles, many books, etc. Yeah. He's also a contributor to Creation Magazine. Creation Magazine, yeah. Yep.
1: You can get a free copy. Get a free sample copy, digital copy online. Go to creation.com slash freemag and have a look at Creation Magazine. The information there is a lot like the information that we present on the show. And uh, get Creation Magazine. See you next week. <laughs> Today's episode was originally formatted for broadcast TV and is available online at the links in the podcast show notes. Both are produced by Creation Ministries International, publishers of Creation Magazine. For more information for the accuracy of the Bible, visit creation.com. You can also donate to the ministry at creation.com donate. And thanks for listening.